one loaded um but i think vulnerability is at times can be misconstrued especially when it comes to relationships mm -hmm. people have this assumption that because that sensitive and vulnerability are the same thing right and they are not yeah you know because sensitive you wanting somebody to be sensitive about about your feelings or something especially when it comes to relationships wanting mm -hmm. to be sensitive about your feelings mm -hmm. is not the same as you telling me to be vulnerable about your feelings vulnerable is a two-way thing sensitivity right. is a one-way thing so I think especially, especially men, I think we need to understand to be both both vulnerable and sensitive at the same time in, in society. They don't really want us to do that. They don't want us to be sensitive, nor do they want us to be vulnerable. Because as a man, they want you just to be strong all the time. Every time. Anytime. Mm -hmm. It's just so, you know, I think that us men we need to teach, especially younger kids, about that sensitivity and vulnerability. My thoughts on vulnerability are this. Vulnerability would display in a lot of men's mind weakness. And actually, it, it is giving away to your weaknesses and letting people know that you do hurt, letting mm -hmm. people know that you can show weakness at times. I think vulnerability is also a strength. I think when you are strong enough to allow somebody to see your vulnerability, that is showing or admitting a kind of trust toward them. And that will strengthen overall, I believe. It should strengthen the relationship in and of itself because now I'm giving you access to more of me. I'm giving you access to more of my heart. And if you want me to be fully vested mm -hmm. in this relationship, then it requires that you protect my heart. It requires that you protect me that you cover me. And it also shows you how much I am willing to trust you. And if you're sincere and if you're serious about the relationship, then you in turn can express your vulnerability. And so where you're weak, I'm strong, I cover you. Where I'm weak, you're strong, you cover me. And so when we do that in the context and the environment of our relationship, then nobody can touch us. Interesting for me to ask that question for the simple fact. We have been conditioned not to show weakness. And that conditioning, society-based conditioning, is if you show any type of vulnerability, you show any type of weakness, then you tend to compare yourself to other people, other men, or what you think is a measure of society. However, we we get to the point in my personal thought process is once again it's a process to be able to show vulnerability because i'm a person that has walls mm -hmm. and sometimes those walls come down sometimes they're up and i think it comes with the challenge of how we were taught to see and so i think the thing that we challenge with vulnerability especially in relationships is being willing to grow being willing to look at the, the circumstances and see how we can better improve it, mm -hmm. but be open to know that failure is the first attempt at learning and we continue to grow from there. Otherwise, we don't get stuck in this situation where we're trying to meet a consciousness that is society-based. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? And how y'all doing? Greatness Tribe. It is, as always, um, an honor to be able to be here with you and to be able to have these deep dive conversations um, that I believe is helpful to us, helpful for our journey, helpful for where you're going. Uh, for those that might be here for the very first time, my, listening for the very first time, my name is Hiram Roche, and I have the distinct honor of being the host of this Focus on Greatness podcast. And so um, I, I want to go ahead and dive into this conversation. As you already saw the intro part of the conversation, I'm trying to get this mic fixed, man. It's, it's moving on me. But as we already heard the intro portion of those conversations that I had an opportunity to speak to a couple men uh, and to be able to get some insight on what they feel, how they feel on this context of vulnerability. And on our last conversation, we talked about 
uh, the fear of being weak. And I have gotten so many different feedbacks and uh, some talkbacks from so many different types of men and so many different backgrounds of men. And even heard from some of you ladies uh, that listen to the podcast has also been watching or uh, connected with me on uh, some of the social media platforms that I'm that I post on. And so through those conversations, I realized that not only the importance of this, which I've already noticed that or knew that, but I realized how much this conversation needs to be talked about. Um, and so one of the things that I want to do today, I want to, I want to take some time, not just to give us some, some, uh, talk through in reference to this context and of importance of when we're talking about vulnerability, but I also want to be able to bring some, I want to give some, some scriptural context and show us some people in the Bible. I'm going to use two examples to be able to give us a picture of how this looks. And so when we're talking about vulnerability for me, just having a conversation behind it, um, we're not talking about just the aspect of just having conversation. Vulnerability allows me to be able to uh, be open enough, uh, transparent enough to be able to share where I currently am or some scars that I currently have without feeling like, hear, hear this statement, I believe this is vitally important, without feeling like whatever I share or how I share it um, is going to be used. So what I mean by used, used as a weapon against me, used to try to belittle me, used in different forms, in different fashions. And I think this is where this portion of the conversation is where I know um, starting off and just jumping right into it, where I know a lot of men struggle. One of the comments that uh, that I got through these conversations, it made this statement that they had did this in one relationship. They were vulnerable. They exposed themselves. They were open in this relationship and shared some things in the relationship. But the person that he expressed these things to, the person that he opened up to, I would say was not able to handle what he was talking about um because they 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 used it against him they used it as a weapon against him and so because of that he he stopped being vulnerable but now what he realized he realizes that his not being open and not being transparent and not being vulnerable and open in that moment or in that type of way has now affected relationships that he currently is in and so I think when we're talking about this context for men being vulnerable, for you to be able to be vulnerable, yes, we have to have the right atmosphere. That means I have to have an atmosphere that I am comfortable enough that I can feel that I can expose myself because this is what we're talking about, a vulnerability. This is really what it is. I can expose myself, expose myself to you without feeling like you are going to take advantage of the vulnerability, the nakedness that I have, but also most importantly, you're not going to take advantage of the scars that I have. Because see, here's the thing, the importance, yes, we know that there's an importance and I'm gonna talk about this in a minute, but we also wanna be able to talk about this context of why, why vulnerability is such a major thing when it comes to men. Now, I would say generations past, and I'm not, it's not a blanket statement because I know it's not all generations, it's not all men in those generations. But generations past, we were taught in some sense to be able to hold it in. If you got to cry, hold it in. Um, if you want to talk about feelings, I don't talk about that. If you, you know, it, it was one of those things. It wasn't one of those things where being able to be open, vulnerable, and transparent in these contexts of conversation was, was welcoming. I'll use this for example. Um, my uncle, uh, Charles Anthony Tedder, um, who has passed away some years back, he shared this wisdom with me. And I would say wisdom, but it's 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 something that he taught me. He taught me. He taught some of my cousins um, this same context. But he taught us this this thought process, and it was shaped around it was shaped around when it comes in reference to funerals. 
I remember the first time this happened to me was actually when I was when I was a child. And um, I I tend to be kind of like one of the oldest when it comes in reference to my cousins. I have I have a few older cousins um, that are, you know, in reference to male cousins that are older than me. But in reference to the ones that are close to, in age, um, I'm kind of one of the oldest in that group. And so I remember uh, that I believe it was my one of my aunts, great aunts had passed away. And when she passed away, we're in the funeral service and people are crying and different things are going on. And I remember him coming to me. I remember him coming over to me and making this statement. Hiram, I need you to be strong for them. Now I'm looking at a, a aisle of people that I'm on, that I'm, you know, this role that I'm on. And as I'm looking at these different groups of people, I'm looking at people that are adults. I'm looking at people that are my age. Uh, I'm looking at people that are younger. And the statement that he said made me in that moment had to suck up the tears and be strong. Now, every single time we would then have a funeral for a family member, for a friend, for someone that we knew, it was always this same constant thing. I, I would hear the echo of his voice in my ear, suck it up, and I need you to be strong for them. So I, so in those moments, even as I was being raised, I would always think men in this aspect don't cry. Because reality, I had never seen my uncle cry. He was, he was the example of what a man looked like for me. He was one of those examples for me. And I had never seen him become emotional in that state. Even when um, my grandmother, uh, my grandmother had passed away, I, I remember in that moment, I'm looking at him and I'm, I'm waiting for the moment for him to be emotional. I'm waiting for the moment for him to break down. I'm waiting for the moment because again, he's an example of what a man looks like for me. And so I'm waiting for that moment that never came. Now, what I didn't know and what I didn't realize is that what he would do is, I didn't know about this until after being very honest, after he passed away. I didn't know that he would, he would go into his vehicle and he would drive off. And in those moments of him driving away and being by himself, that's when he would cry. But again, what was being taught to me, what was being taught to me was that in these type of environments, in these type of modes, in modes of where normal, regular people or the people that's experiencing this grief or this pain, they're expressing it the way that it should be by crying, by, by you know, by going through the moment of this time. And while they're going, you going through these moments, while they're going through, the, they're expressing this, but I have to shut it down. Then I realized that that wasn't the only time that I, I was being taught certain things. I, because I was not raised uh, as, as, a, as a child, me and my mom, I was a single, my mom was a single parent um, until I would say until I was about almost 15 years old. So it was just me and her. So being able to see a man deal with the normalities of what you would do in your day to day, you know, does a man have a moment of where he expresses himself to his wife? Does, does a man have a moment of where he's open and transparent about what he's feeling? You know, it, it, I, I wasn't able to see that, but what I was able to hear was conversations of men as I got older that basically was saying, no, we don't do that. <laughs> All right. I, I don't know if this is too transparent tonight, but, but what was being taught to me, what was being taught to me that, vulnerability surely even in this in the in this christian forum of where um i'm i was raised in i was raised in a church and so the time to be vulnerable or the time to weep or the time to express those things was was almost like it was taught that the only time that you express these things is when you're talking to god or when you're in worship it wasn't where it was being taught that it was okay to be able to express yourself, to be open and transparent to your spouse when it comes to how you feel. I wasn't taught that. Now, now let me clear something. It's not that that was not being some men probably, some men probably were doing that, but those men were not models for me. 
I, I, I didn't have relationship with those type of men. The men that I had relationships with, the men that I were able to see how they functions, the men that I were able to be around that showed me different things when it comes to marriage and relationships and how you do friendships, things of that nature. Those type of men painted some form of a picture for me of where this is how you deal with your vulnerability. Now, for those that say, listen, I'm not, we're not talking about our relationship with God. We're talking about our relationship with each other. We're talking about our relationships in reference to spouse, girlfriend, you know, whatever that might be. I understand why we don't do that either. Because even when I was in school, to be able to express any form of vulnerable, vulnerability was, was almost mocked, laughed at, talked about. But here's why I, I, I'm, I bring all of this context up is to get to this main point. Why do we have to have a moment or an environment where we are able to be vulnerable? Because here's the thing. I got to get it out my system. I'm going to say it again. The reason why is because I have to get it out my system. I still feel. I still feel sad just like you feel sad. I still have moments of doubt just like you have moments of doubt. I have moments of insecurity. I have moments as, as a father, sometimes I've had these moments where I question, am I good enough as a father? But who do you communicate that to? If you're not being vulnerable, if you don't have someone that you can be open and transparent with, who do you reveal these things to? Because the reality is the expression, the feeling, the hurt is real and it needs to be expressed. But for me to be able to trust someone enough to be able to be open, to be able to be transparent, to be able to reveal openly my nakedness in some sense about where I am, the environment has to be good enough. The environment has to be safe enough for me to be able to have these real, authentic conversations. Now, yeah, I've heard some people say, uh, you know, yeah, you know, if if the environment that you're currently in is not the way that is not the environment that you want for you to be able to be transparent, find a new environment. Well, that's cool if you're not married. I mean, you know. If, if, if you're dating somebody and they don't have the environment that you want, based upon this statement, you can go and find somebody else, find another environment. But I think we are, we are missing a key that helps us get the type of environment that we want. Because yes, we can keep running to find the environment, but we also can do something that is called communication. Now, I'm saying this because I'm one of you. <laughs> I, I, I was raised as a shy person, very, very shy person. Now, you know, people that actually know me, they, would, they know that this is the truth. I was raised, I was very, very shy. And a lot of my shyness came from my insecurity, uh, my insecurity of who I was, my insecurity of what I believed that I could be was this question always has been, am I good enough? It's always been a thing. It's always been always been a question that I from the from the point that I can remember being or trying to do things. That was always a question in my mind. Am I good enough? So because of those things, I was very shy. So me being shy, me being shy or me being, being withdrawn from society, I, I battled with this context of communication because I was afraid, one, to communicate. I, I think I'm going to deal with this probably in another podcast, but I was also shy or afraid that if I communicate how I feel, if I communicate where I'm at, if I become vulnerable in this moment, my, my, my fear was that not that you would look weak at me, look at me as being weak. More so, my fear was that if I communicate to you what I desire from you, then you would leave me. 
Now, th- again, that, that might not even been the case. It, it just might have been my fear. But let's think about this context, because if the way that you're if you're in an atmosphere where you cannot be vulnerable and one of the ways that can help the atmosphere to change is for you to have a conversation, then why haven't you had the conversation? Are you afraid that if you have the conversation, if you do have the dialogue, if you do talk about wanting to have this atmosphere, are you afraid that that person will get so offended that one, you will never get what you asked for, or two, you feel like they will get so offended by the response that you're asking something from them that they feel like that they might cannot handle or change that they'll leave you. So instead of having those conversations, instead of being open enough to be able to say, this is where I'm at, this is what I desire, or this is what I need, we, we, we keep our mouths closed and we stay in an environment that does not help us to be vulnerable. But again, we need it. We need to be vulnerable. Now, let, let's deal with this context. Let's deal with this piece. And, and again, I'm going to use scripture for this part because I want to paint a picture because you have two different type of men. You have two different type of men. You have one man, which we're going to use by the name of Samson. And then we have another man by the name of David. We're going to use both of these men because I believe that they both give unto us a picture of this context of vulnerability. One is going to give us a picture of what happens, what many men deal with when they feel, when they are vulnerable. But then I'm also going to paint another picture of what happens when what happens when you're vulnerable in the right atmosphere, which means with the right person. Um, let's deal with both of these contexts. Let's deal with both of these. If it's if the, for those that are watching, if this is helping you already, I need you to do me a favor. Just just show me some love. Give me a like, a heart, to do something, um, so we can be able to be on the same page. So in Judges chapter sixteen. In Judges chapter 16, verses 17, it, it brings out this statement that we're going to look at. So I'm going to start with the man named Samson. Now, Samson was, uh, based upon scripture, Samson was this man that was basically had this super strength. Um, we, we, we can tell just by his, by scripture context, that he probably did not look like he was strong as strong as he was giving off, you know, as strong as he was working, he probably did not physically or yeah, physically look like he had that strength, but it does say that, that he had strength that God had given him to him strength or this anointing to be able to have the type of strength to be able to defeat the enemies that he was dealing with. So he was a strong man. He was strong enough where he was defeating different things. He was beating, dealing with different battles and, and taking care of different people and doing all this other stuff. He was, he was a bad man. Don't get me wrong. He was a very, very bad man in scripture where he had the strength to be able to deal with the enemies of the children of Israel. Now, the scripture says, one, he got married. He had a situation in his relationship. But then he went off and he found this woman. He went through about a couple of different people, a couple of different women while he was still married. But we're not going to focus on that context. That We'll probably talk about something like that later. But here's here's the context that I want us to be able to look. Now he he finds his way into the house or into a relationship with a woman by the name of Delilah. Okay. And scripture allows us to be able to see that one, the enemy recognized that they could, one, take advantage of Delilah because of this relationship between the two, between Delilah and uh, and Samson. So now the enemy is saying to Delilah, hey, listen, if you can give us the, the secret to his strength, then basically you will help us to defeat Samson. Okay, so she's begging Samson over and over again to reveal unto her, what is your strength? Every single time she he would say something to her, she would tell the enemy and the enemy will rush in and he will beat their behinds and then keep on moving. In in, in my mind, I'm thinking, which I'm not going to go on this rabbit trail, but in my mind, I'm thinking he was so stuck with this woman. 
I'll use that term. He was so stuck in this relationship that I don't want to say he didn't see it, but he chose not to see that she was not good for him. But that means that there was something that she was giving him. There was something that she was giving him that made him want to stay in this type of relationship. And I believe verses 17 gives us a glimpse of what she was doing or giving unto him that would make him stay. Let's, let's, let's just read the scripture and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to preach it. Let's just read the scripture. This is what it says. Judges chapter 16, verses 17. It says this. Then he told her all his heart and said unto her, there hath not come a razor upon mine head. For I have been a Nazareth unto God from my mother's womb. And if I be shaven, uh, then my strength will go from me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. So in this moment, she finally gets him to share his strength, where his strength lies. But I want you to pay attention to a statement that this scripture makes. Verses 17, this is what it says. That he told her all his heart and said unto her, this is where my strength lies. So even though it wouldn't make sense that Samson in this moment where situation after situation after situation, you would think this is not an atmosphere that is capable of handling all your heart. But whatever atmosphere she set, she set an atmosphere that will allow Samson, this strong man, this man that God was using to be able to defeat the enemies of the children of Israel, that this man felt, felt comfortable enough to be vulnerable. But this is what happens. Right after this statement, right after verses 7, it says in verse 18, and when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, look, what, listen to what I'm saying. She, he told her all his heart. He was transparent in the relationship. She sent and called the lords of the Philistines saying, come up this once, for he has showed me all his heart. Then the Lord of the Philistines came upon her and brought money in their, in her in their hand, and she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head, and she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. What just happened? This is what a lot of men go through. He felt the environment was safe enough to be open and transparent. So he shared his heart. He poured out his heart. He was vulnerable with Delilah. And she took that and used it as a weapon against him. And so many men are afraid of this moment. So many men are afraid that if I become open, that if I become transparent, if I share where I really am in my heart, not just can you handle it, but will you take this thing? Will you take what I'm sharing with you? Will you, will you take this transparency? Will you take this pain? Will you take this moment and use it against me later on when you don't feel good? When I make you mad, when I do something that gets on your nerves, will you then take this moment that I was vulnerable with you and use it as a weapon against me, like my enemy, even though you love me? And a lot of men will not be transparent because of this one major fear that you're going to use it as a weapon against me. And men is like, I wish I could share it. 
It's, it's, it's not that I don't want to share it. I wish I could. I wish I could trust that you are, that the, that the environment in, in this relationship, in this friendship, in the environment here is so, is so capable of handling my honesty and my pain that I can share it with you. That's what men wish. That's what men wish they could have. That's what, that's what you want to have. You want that type of relationship. You want that type of moment where you can be able to be vulnerable and be open. But some men, they have tried it. I don't know if you have tried it. I don't know if you are this man like Samson that has shared their whole heart. And in the midst of sharing their whole heart, they get to this moment where they have been used. The thing that they gave out, the thing, the moment that they opened up, the stuff that they said, the communication that they gave in that moment was then used as a weapon against them. I don't know if that's you. And if it is you, what I'm hoping is the same thing that ended up having to happen to Samson. Is that you get healed. Because see, in our relationships that we have with women, right? We, we have this thing where we get the brunt of whatever man, whatever man did them wrong before they got to us. Majority of the time, we're we're getting we're getting the residue of the pain from what a man that I don't know and probably never have met. I'm getting that brunt all because of what they experienced. But in the same situation, when you have tried to be vulnerable, when you have tried to be open, when you have tried to give that and and it was taken advantage of and you was hurt by that person because they used what you gave them against you. The next relationship you walk in, you're doing the very same thing. Now you might not, you know, be like, I can't trust you because, and you might not be vocal about it, but you being shut down, you being, being, being withdrawn when it comes to those times, you're presenting the same thing. You're doing the same picture. You're sharing that same pain. And now that person has to now try to work for something that they had nothing to do with. So what am I saying to you first before we go to David? Because we're about to hit David and then we're going to wrap this thing up. Is I want you to heal. I, I need you to heal. But here's the thing about healing. Healing happens sometimes through actions. So, hey, listen, you may can't share right now with your spouse. You may can't share with your girlfriend. But you probably have someone that's close to you or close by you or a tribe that you can connect with. Well, you can be able to share and say, hey, man, this is where I'm at. I need I need to walk this journey because I don't want to be I don't want to be hurt and broken no more. I want to be healed. This is where I'm he I'm hurt. Where I'm hurt personally right now in this moment is my trust. My trust with my heart. Yeah, I'm going to get, yeah, I know I'm in a relationship and I, yeah, I do love her, but I just, I feel like when it comes to this part of my heart, I cannot trans, I cannot open that up to her because the last time I did it, and you got to be honest, the last time I tried it, she took advantage of me. This person took advantage of me. This, this situation happened. So there has to be a moment of where you can be able to start getting healing. You can get the healing that you need so that you can walk the way that you need to walk and live the way you need to live. All right, so let's look at this man by the name of David. Now, David's scenario is a little different in some sense. Let me just share it. David, if you want to read it, you can read this context. It really, it really starts in chapter 18 of 1 Samuel. But there's a statement that happens in chapter 19. There's a thing that happens in chapter 19 that I think is very powerful. So this is what's going on. David has just finished defeating Goliath. 
right? He, Goliath was this giant that uh, came with a bunch of giants that was coming to fight against Israel. Israel at this point is afraid. David comes because he's trying to feed his, you know, bring some lunch to his brothers, being obedient to his father. And now he's in this moment where he sees this giant and he asks this question. David asks this question. Hey man, whoever defeats this dude, what do they get? And one of the things that was listed on um, on the list of things that that person will get was a wife. David defeats him, defeats Goliath, and now he gets these list of things. What the scripture says, he starts off, Saul wanted to give one of his daughters, this was the king of Israel at the time, Saul wanted to give one of his daughters, but, you know, David, David really, they didn't really connect. But there was another daughter by the name of Michelle that that really loved David. She was attracted to David. And so this is what Saul says. And again, you would have to read chapter 18 so you can get this context. This is what Saul says. Saul said, okay, look, uh, I, I know how to get David. Perfect. So my daughter loves him. What I'm going to do is I'm going to use this moment against David because Saul at this point is mad at David and wants to kill him. So he said, look, I'm going to use this moment against David and I'm going to set him up so I can get him killed. So he uses different variations of things to try to kill David, but it didn't work. David was a bad boy. He, I mean, a real bad boy. I mean, that man was a beast when it comes to being a warrior and it comes to being a fighter. He was, he was, he was great at his skill set of what he does. And so the scripture then says that now he, he gets Saul's daughter, the one that loved David. Right. And while they're going through this, Saul is still attempting to kill David. Now, this is what ends up happening. Now, again, it's similar in some sense where you have what Samson, Samson's girl was connected to a group of men that wanted to get Samson dead. Now you have David connected to a woman, connected to his girl, and his and her people want to get him dead. It's, it's, it's so similar, I thought it was funny and intriguing. But here's the statement that was made. Saul is attempting to kill him, kill David. He's about to set David up. Read this through chapter 19. He's about to set David up. David finds out about it. So does David's wife. And David's wife says this statement, I got your back. This is what we're going to do. I know y'all, you're supposed to go down there and have dinner with my dad, but this is what's going to happen. Instead of you going down there and have dinner with my dad, I'm going to sneak you out this window. I'm going to give you some time to get away. <laughs> and I'm going to tell my dad you ain't feeling good. <laughs> I promise you this is too good for me. So this is what it says in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 19, verses 12. It says, so Michal, uh, is M-I-C-H-A-L, let down, let David down through a window and he went and fled and escaped. And Michal took an image and laid it in the bed and put a pillow of goat's hair for his bolster and covered it with the cloth. And when Saul sent messengers to take David, she said, he is sick. And Saul sent the messengers again to see David saying, bring him up to me in the bed that I may slay him. And when the messengers was come in, behold, there was an image in the bed with a pillow of goat's hair for his bolster. And Saul said unto Michal, why hast thou deceived me so and so oh, um, and sent away my enemy that he escaped? And Michal answered Saul, he said unto me, let me go. Why should I kill thee? So David fled and escaped. This I'm telling you here that for the women that listen to this podcast. And for the man that's watching me now and listening to this conversation, I'm about to help you. David is in a, in a relationship with a woman that has set an atmosphere to him for him to be vulnerable enough. Think about this. Think about what I'm saying. I know you're like, well, wait a minute. We don't see that. We don't even hear that. What, what, what daughter that's sitting in the king's castle? Think about this timing. What daughter that's sitting in the king's castle would go against her father, knowing that her father is attempting to kill 
her husband. And she knows that even, even though she's a daughter in this time, even though she's a daughter, she understands that she could be killed also. If he get mad, she could be killed too. All because he's the king. So what woman in the relationship in this moment that if the atmosphere was not set to be vulnerable, for David to be vulnerable, for David to be open, what what person, how, how one, how would she know that her his father is about to kill him? David had to say something. That's one. Hear, hear what I'm about to say. That means David had to be open and tra he felt comfortable enough to say to his wife, hey, babe, this is what's going on and this is how I feel about it. I don't understand why this man want to kill me. I'm, 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 my heart is so broke because I'm doing, he's vulnerable and open with her and this is what she does. Instead of using this against him, instead of setting him up for failure, she protected him. Hear what I'm saying? Hear what I'm saying, people. She protected him. So the atmosphere that was set in this relationship, the atmosphere that was set in this relationship was not only, not only open so he can be vulnerable. It was not only comfortable so he can be able to be truthful and honest and vulnerable without feeling like there's going to be a kickback. But it was shown because of her action. She protected him. So this is what I'm saying now. In your relationship, for the woman that's watching, for the man that's watching, for the man and woman that's listening, in your relationship, when you want to be vulnerable, when you're trying to be open and you want to be able to have that type of relationship, the, the, the thing that you're asking for is if I be vulnerable, will you protect me? Oh, here we go. If I be vulnerable and open, do you have the ability to protect my heart? Because here's the thing, in a relationship, surely when we're talking about a marriage, talk about a boyfriend, a girlfriend, I'm gonna talk about friendships too before we wrap this up. But in, in any relationship where you feel that you need to be or want to be vulnerable in, there has to be a time frame of, there has to be a place where not only where I can be open, but there has to be a place where I can feel that you will protect my heart. Because here's the thing, in a marriage, that's what my wife is asking for. My wife is asking me to protect her heart. With your, with, with your soon-to-be, if you're dating or whatever, I bet one of the things she's requiring is you protect her heart. They're requ you're requiring as a woman, you're requiring that man Without, if you say it or if you do not say it, you're requiring one of the requirements on your list is that he protect your heart. But guess what? So is his. So is that list that he created for himself, for his life, even if he never says it to you. That's what he's asking. Can you protect my heart? I got you, but can you protect me? If I say, babe, this is how I'm feeling today. I don't need you to be like, man, why are you always talking about you? No, I need you to be like, babe, I hear you. I hear you. I got you. How do you need me to help you in this moment? Babe, I just don't feel like I'm good enough. I, I hear what you're saying, babe. I want you to know you, 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 are, you are everything to us. I'm thankful for how you do this. I'm thankful for how you do that. That will change the dynamic of your relationship. Because here's the reality. Vulnerability gets me more closer to the person that I'm vulnerable with. It brings a more deeper intimacy when I can be able to be vulnerable with you and open with you. I have a friend. I have one of my, one of my, I, I say my closest friend. I even considered to call him my best friend, which he is. I tested, I tested our relationship. I tested to see, can I be vulnerable? Can I be open with him? Can I be transparent with him? Because in certain relationships that I had at this point, I didn't have people that I felt like I can do that with. 
Surely not when it came in reference to a man. I didn't. I felt like there were certain things that I could say, but there are certain things I could not say. I'm talking about vulnerable to the point where I can be open and transparent with you and don't have to be afraid that you're going to see me differently. You're going to look at me differently. Oh, now you, you know, now you're looking at me side out every time I walk down the street. No, I, I don't need that. That I can't be that. That's not an a atmosphere that I can be open and transparent with. So with this specific relationship, I remember the moment that I felt comfortable enough to be very transparent. And I mean, it was liberating. And still to this day, still to this day, it's one of the greatest relationships I have. And anytime we talk on the phone, I, he can be transparent with me and I can be transparent with him. That's the type of relationship that we have because that's the atmosphere we have. But our bond together is very, very deep. That's talking about two men. <laughs> that's talking about the relationship between two men. I'm not talking about the relationship between me and my wife. The more transparent I'm with my wife, the deeper our relationship goes. The more transparent I can be with my friend, the more deeper our relationship goes. That's how that works. So I end by saying this. I want you to be transparent. I want you to find that space to be able to be vulnerable in. Now, I want you to be smart too. Because you cannot be vulnerable with everybody. There are some people that you cannot share the deep, intimate truths of how you feel and where you are. Now, but there are people, because I know I talk to married men. I talk to men that are dating. I talk to men that are single. I talk to various of different people. I understand that from all different realms of ages. And I got that too. So here's the step I want you to do. I want you to do it this week. I, I mentioned it, I believe last time we talked, but I want you to do it this week for me. I want you to truly ask the question. Ask the question to you first. And I want you to be honest with yourself. Is this the type of environment in this relationship? And you can look at whatever various relationships you have, either spouse, either girlfriend, either friends. Just look at those relationships and say, in these, in these environments, do I, I feel like these environments are safe for me to be able to be open and transparent? And then in those environments, if you say no to any of them, Ask yourself why. Specifically for the people in that environment. Why? And then do me a favor. Do me a favor. Once you realize, because sometimes what I'm going to say this, let me pause before I say that statement. Sometimes what I found out is that my fear of what I perceive people are going to do or how they are or what I have come up to figure in my mind of why I don't want to be open and transparent. Sometimes, this is not a blanket statement, but sometimes I've come to realize that my fear overshadowed the truth. And when I take the time to ask the real question, why? Why do I feel like I can't be vulnerable with this person? Sometimes it, it is accurate. Hey, man, no, that person talked too much. They gossip all the time. Last time I saw somebody else do that, they dogged the heck out of them. I can't trust that person. I get it. But then there's some people it's like, I don't really know, but I just can't do it. No, no, let's, let's be real. If there is nothing, if there's no genuine fact to why you feel like you cannot be vulnerable and open to this person, surely if you are wanting to have a relationship with this person, I'm not talking about associates. Associates, they, 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 they get a portion of your relationship, but they would never get the intimacy that you have. They're associates. They're outside. 
but people that you are wanting to have a committed relationship with. That you feel like I, I, in this environment, this is the type of space that I need. Once you realize who those people are, I ask you this week to go to them and say, listen, this is what I ask. I need this from you. Can you give this to me? If they can, great. Don't start off huge. Don't open, don't dump the whole bucket on them. Don't do that. Just give them a little bit. Test the waters. Take your time with it. But the people that, that say, ah, no, I can't do that. I can't handle that. It's okay. Because what I'm trying to find is I need to find the space. But here's the also the reality. If they cannot handle it, it's okay. But now they understand that this is something that you need, which does something else. It starts to adjust your environment. And sometimes what happens in those adjustments of the environment because of the request of what you need, sometimes what ends up happening is the people adjust. Sometimes they adjust in their attitude or sometimes in their communications. And sometimes they adjust themselves out. But your atmosphere will never change if you don't have the conversation. But then also I say this, and then I'm done. The atmosphere that you want, make sure you make sure that you're giving that same atmosphere to others. Does Don't say you want an atmosphere where you can be open and transparent and vulnerable. And then when another man is vulnerable, when another person around you, another friend of yours is vulnerable, you dog them. If you want to change this narrative, not only do you have to change by communicating, but you also have to change by supporting others. All right, my people, I love y'all. This is a great conversation and uh, I can't wait to dive more into this um, because I believe that this is so important. This is so vitally important to who we are as men and to where we're going in our journey. I love you all. Uh, let's talk some more. And uh, this month, we're in the month of March, which is always exciting. And in this month, I actually want to read a book and we'll be talking about it some more this week. But as a man thinketh, it's a very powerful book that I believe we should all be reading because it helps to change our thought process so we can have the atmospheres like we're talking tonight and the life that we truly desire. I love you all and I'll see you next time.